Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap the game from Thursday night, then we'll do a little bet busting. I'll preview the remaining games on the week 15 slate. We'll discuss this week's betting strategy, then head on down to my best bets. And then I'll wrap up with a little fantasy football advice. All coming up on this week's episode of the Thursday night recap and full preview. Well, I told you this game was going to be a crazy one, and that's exactly what we got. As the Chargers went out and laid the egg, that likely gets their head coach canned. Raiders dominate 63-21. The first few drives would set the tone for the entire game, as the Raiders would march right down the field on their opening drive and score. Force and recover a fumble, score off of that, then rinse and repeat for the next Chargers drive, and we're looking at 21-0 midway through the first quarter. The rest of the game would play out in much of the same fashion. The Raiders' defense would force a total of five takeaways, four in the form of fumbles, and the remaining in the form of the most athletic play of the game in Jack Jones's one-handed pick six. This was a thorough beatdown. The only thing that would have made this game better is if they broke the scoring record and let my Broncos off the hook. But we can't all have what we want, I suppose. Now I hold myself accountable for the nonsense I spout. Let's do a little bet busting for last night's game. For my straight five bets for the Thursday night game, I went with the following. First, I had Josh Jacobs to score. He ended up not even playing and his ticket was voided. Next, I had Austin Eckler to score and this was a terrible decision as he did much of nothing. Up next, I had Devontae Adams to score, which he did. Then I had Keenan Allen to score and just like Jacobs, Allen didn't start either. So this ticket was voided as well. Lastly, I had Jacoby Myers to score, which he did. Not too bad, we went 2 for 3 for all the valid bets. For the parlay, I went heavy on Austin Eckler, and he failed all the legs, so I won't even bother to go over them. Fortunately, this parlay qualified for the no sweat parlay offer from my sportsbook. So we can just roll this into the next one. Hopefully you guys follow the same strategy, especially on these crapshoot games that the Thursday night games have turned into. And that'll do it for the recap portion of this episode. Let's move on to our preview for the upcoming games. As always, I'll start off with my watchable games list. First up, we have the 7-6 Denver Broncos visiting the 9-4 Detroit Lions. These two teams were in completely different tiers a few weeks ago, but now that gap has seemingly disappeared, a lot like the Lions defense lately. The Broncos defense, on the other hand, has been playing almost comically well, especially since etching their names in the history book for all the wrong reasons earlier this season. The amount of takeaways they have from the past few games is absolutely ridiculous. Almost three weeks ago, I said this wasn't sustainable, yet they just continue to go out and take the ball away, so maybe it is. This defense loves to bring the pressure and attack the ball. This could be very bad for Jared Goff and this offense of the Lions, who haven't necessarily been the best at holding onto it. Their best chance at negating this defense is running right at them. No doubt Dan Campbell is aware of this as well. I expect to see a limited passing attack and a lot of carries for David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs has lit up this defense and historically speaking, they seem to forget to cover tight ends. In passing situations, we should see a fair amount of Sam Laporta who has a chance to go off in this one. Even if the Lions defense hasn't been what they were earlier this year, they won't have much to worry about with the stagnant offense of the Broncos. Essentially, you just need a triple team Sutton and leave Judy wide-ass open because he's absolutely no threat with those sticks of butter he moonlights his hands. Overall, in typical Denver fashion, this game will most likely be a nail-biter until the very end, 
but ultimately, the Lions should take this one at home. Moving on, we have the 10-3 Dallas Cowboys at the 7-6 Buffalo Bills. Both of these teams need this win, but for varying reasons. The Cowboys especially want every advantage they can have against the Niners in the playoffs. This includes home field advantage. The Bills, on the other hand, are on the verge of missing the playoffs entirely and need to essentially win out to remain relevant. One team is definitely more against the wall than the other. Typically, this type of stuff doesn't matter to me, but this time of year, I do believe it plays into effect. The Bills are coming off of an emotional win against their playoff rivals, but then again so are the Cowboys after knocking the Eagles off of their perch. So I guess momentum-wise, both of these teams are riding high, but matchup-wise, these teams are in different worlds. On paper, the Cowboys should dominate this game on both sides of the ball, but I can't help but shake the feeling that the Bills are in do-or-die mode and this is when Josh Allen is at his best. When you take away all the thinking and just go out there and win because you have to. I think the Bills take this win at home. Next up, we have the 10-3 Baltimore Ravens visiting the 8-5 Jacksonville Jaguars at home. The Jags are kind of hanging on the ropes here. They've been spiraling a bit over these past few weeks, and now CJ Stroud and the Texans are nipping at their heels in their division. They need this win to put an end to this trend. They have a really tough matchup, however, against one of the more complete teams in the league. The Ravens are primed for a prime spot in the AFC playoff seeding and view the Jags as a speed bump to this goal. Ultimately, I think the Ravens' defense will give Trevor Lawrence and that weakened offense without Christian Kirk a lot of issues. The Jaguars' defense, on the other hand, will have their hands full with the Matrix maestro, Lamar Jackson. He seemed to slow down time and just weave in and out of defenders like it was no big deal in this last game. I expect much of the same in this contest. Ravens come out on top in decisive fashion. Lastly, we have the 6-7 Seattle Seahawks visiting the 10-3 Philadelphia Eagles at home. The Eagles are coming off of a rather embarrassing loss to the Cowboys last week that has a lot of people in the media questioning their entire team lately. While it was weird seeing A.J. Brown get the ball punched out last week, I don't necessarily agree with this narrative as a whole. I think this team is just in some sort of rut, much like the Chiefs, and they'll use this game to figure out a new approach to this final stretch. The Seahawks might get Geno Smith back for this game, but I don't think it will matter much. This team really hasn't done much well on either side of the ball over the past few weeks. Granted, that was during a brutal stretch of their schedule against the Niners and Cowboys Sandwich, and now the Eagles. They'll likely lose this game, but on the bright side, their schedule eases up a bit after this, and they may figure out a way to stay relevant in the playoff talks. But there's no doubt the walls are closing in on this team. Moving on to my speed round. First up, we have the Vikings at the Bengals. Justin Jefferson is in, and Josh Dobbs is out. We've seen his replacement, Nick Mullins, have success at times with the Niners a few years back. But other than that, he's still a bit of a wild card. Having JJ back won't matter much if you can't get him the ball. I'm going with what I have seen over with what could be. Jake Browning and this Bengals team is on a bit of a roll. I think they'll continue that success here. Bengals take the win at home. Up next, we have the Steelers at the Colts. The Steelers have been absolutely embarrassed over the past few weeks, and now they find themselves on the brink of missing the playoffs, and honestly, this team doesn't deserve it. However, TJ Watt against a mistake-prone quarterback in Gardner Minshew should mean disaster for the Colts. I think the Steelers will steal this one on the road, but still manage to miss the playoffs. 
Next up, we have the Giants at the Saints. Tommy DeVito is turning into a bit of a folk hero. I guess when the bar is hovering just above the floor, stuff like this happens. While I am happy for his success, I just don't care too much about his or his agent's story. It will all become irrelevant with the new and shiny things from this offseason. On the other side of the field, I don't care too much about this Saints team either. I wish both of these teams would just disappear from my life until next year. I don't particularly care who wins this game, most likely the Saints. Moving on, we have the Bears at the Browns. The return of Justin Fields has definitely increased the watchability of this Bears team. His connection with DJ Moore just seems to be increasing with each game. The Browns are trotting out big-ass question marks at both tackle spots on their line. This is a perfect time for Montez Sweat to prove his worth. I think Joe Flacco and David Njoku will put up a fight, but ultimately, the Bears will win in a tight game. Up next, we have the Falcons at the Panthers. This is another who-cares game. The Panthers are right up there next to the Patriots as two of the most unwatchable teams in the league. The Falcons' offense is frustrating to watch, but they have proven they can score. The Panthers have not. Falcons win on the road. Moving on, we have the Buccaneers at the Packers. Aaron Jones checks in, Christian Watson checks out, and Love has more options at check downs. This offense should look better than they did last week as a result, but it's mid-December in Lambeau. This could be a messy slog of a game. Because of the weather, I'm going to go with a team that has proven to at least be capable of running the ball with Rashad White. Bucks take this one on the road. Up next, we have the Jets at the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill should play in this game. However, he played in spots last game and was clearly not himself. What version of the Cheetah we get in this game is up in the air. This leaves the door open for Zach Wilson to add to his resume and possibly steal a win here on the road. Moving on, we have the Chiefs at the Patriots. This is a get-right game for the Chiefs. They play a shitty team in a shitty time slot. Mahomes and Reed will add nails to Bill's coffin as the head coach in New England. Chiefs roll on the road. Moving on, we have the Texans at the Titans. In one of the best fuck your franchise moves I have ever seen, the Titans will be wearing their old Houston Oilers getups. I love this so much. Too bad their team is terrible. It would have been a lot cooler if they came out and stomped the Texans in their old colors. This jersey choice could backfire, as Stroud should play in this game, and as a result, the Texans should eke out a victory on the road, keeping their playoff dreams alive. Next up, we have the 49ers at the Cardinals. This should be a layup for the Niners. Brock Purdy should have a great day and continue his bid for MVP of the league. Niners win big on the road. Lastly, we have the Commanders at the Rams. Sean McVay has done such a great job with his team, and I feel like it's going under the radar. Everyone pegged this team as a bottom-of-the-barrel type of team. Instead, McVay has his guys in position for a playoff run. No one saw this coming, and if they say they did, they're liars. Commies are going nowhere, and the Rams have places to be. Rams take the win at home. And that'll wrap up my speed round for this week. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Before we jump into this weekend's best bets, let's briefly discuss our strategy. Let's start off with any mismatches and then try to find any decent odds for them. I like Joe Mixon against the Vikings. They blitz a lot, which matches up nicely for the screen game they've been so successful with lately. Look for him to score and go over his yardage totals. 
in the Broncos and Lions game, I expect both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs to be very productive against their terrible run defense, and Sutton will likely snag another beautiful touchdown catch against their struggling secondary. In the Giants and Saints game, I like both running backs. In the Giants and Saints game, I like both running backs, Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. Both are likely to score and go over their yardage totals. In the Bears and Browns game, I like David Njoku to score and go over his yards for the Browns, and I like DJ Moore for the Bears. I've made a decent amount of money all season going with Rashad White and Mike Evans for the Bucks. The same rings true against the Packers this week. On the other side of the field in that game, I also like Jaden Reed and Aaron Jones. I'm going to stay away from the Jets and Dolphins game. Tyreek Hill burned me last week, so I'm going to sit out on betting with him until I'm sure he's healthy again. Mostert might be a solid bet here, but this offense is really bad when Hill isn't right, so I'm just going to pass altogether. In the Niners and Cardinals game, I like any of the offensive weapons they have. Pretty much every single one has scored in the past few games, so you can't go wrong with a couple guys from this matchup. The Rams should have a big day on offense against the Commanders. I like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams here. I used all of this information to form my following best bets. For my straight five bets this weekend, I went with the following. First up, I went with Cortland Sutton to score. Next, I have Sam Laporta to score. Then, I have DJ Moore to score. Next, I have David Njoku to score. And lastly, I have Puka Nakua to score. For my parlay bets, I decided to go with two three-leg parlays, one for Saturday's games and one for Sunday's games. For the first parlay, I have the following legs. First leg is Joe Mixon over 40 yards receiving. Second leg is Tanner Hudson over 25 yards receiving. And lastly, the third leg is Jameer Gibbs over 40 yards receiving. My second parlay consists of the following legs. First, I have Mike Evans to score. Second leg is DJ Moore to score. And the third leg is Debo Samuel to score. With a little less than a month left in the regular season, I thought this would be a good time to see who I like for the end of the year awards. For coach of the year, I believe Sean McVay is the most deserving, but I think that if the Broncos find a way into the playoffs, Sean Payton has a real shot at winning. Remember who votes for these things, the talking heads in the media. Sean Payton was one of them last year, and you can bet that given the opportunity, they'll vote for one of their own. For MVP, I think it would be cool if it went to Tyree Kill, but we all know a quarterback will take this. I like Brock Purdy here. He has decent odds and a good shot at actually winning. For Offensive Player of the Year, I like Tyree Kill, although McCaffrey could sneak away with this one if he can stay healthy down the stretch. For Defensive Player of the Year, I like TJ Watt. Typically, edge rushers with either good sack numbers or really memorable plays wins. This guy has both. For Offensive Rookie of the Year, you have to go with CJ Stroud. He's a quarterback and he's playing really well. This one is a lock. Too bad Vegas knows the same thing. His odds are terrible. You can, however, parlay him with another lock if you'd like. Perhaps this next guy is a good parlay option as well. For Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going with Jalen Carter of the Eagles. Moving on to a little fantasy football advice, my sleeper picks for the weekend are the following. If you need a quarterback, you can go with either Brock Purdy or Jake Browning. If you need help at running back, either Chase Brown or Chuba Hubbard should be solid picks. Need help at receiver? Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice, and OBJ could help you out. And lastly, if you need a tight end, Trey McBride or Darren Waller should be solid options here.
Overall, I'm not too overly excited about Saturday games being in my life. It seems like there's a game on every single day now. I am excited that my Broncos are playing in the night game though. That one should be fun to watch. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I will return for the recap as usual on Tuesday. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time.